Do you feel as if reality has been altered? That something is not quite right and hasn't been for quite a while? Then this is the podcast for you. This is the sound of duality. The sound of a DMT molecule as it's awakening your mind to the wisdom you seek. It's also the sound of sheep or being asleep in a state of bliss and ignorance. So subscribe now to the Pull Up A Pew podcast and take a seat. This is a podcast of all you touch and all you see. Enjoy the ride and enjoy the duality of knowledge and bliss and the very thin line between each. everybody this is uh drew i have my co-host jennifer hello there and our esteemed guest today is dick khan and this is the pull up a pew podcast and uh, i have a feeling that we're going to have a really epic show today uh dick is the author of dmt and my occult mind investigations of occult realities using the spirit molecule which is really one of the cooler names that i've i've heard of of a book on this subject so kudos there yeah it's pretty pretty cool um dick why don't you go ahead just give us a a, just a brief background um of what you you know brought you to writing this this book yeah sure and hi drew hi jennifer so yeah it was um my inspiration was just chancing upon the spirit molecule documentary by dr rick strassman and you know i just just absolutely chanced upon it i I was at a time in my life where um i'd stopped smoking weed after uh, a long long habit um i was messing about with some some of the legal highs research chemicals not you know not regularly but you know I, i was having some good times with those you know i mean I'm a family man, so it was like, you know, in a full-time job, so it's as and when I could, you know, get away with that. And then just just jumped upon that documentary, and oh man, it just like goosebumps upon goosebumps, and I just knew I thought that that is big, and I I really I gotta try that. I didn't even know you could smoke it, you know, and I hate needles, but I was like, whatever, I have got to try the spirit molecule. Oh God, yeah. So it spoke to you. Yeah, it, it, it kind of brought home, you know, I, I I had some pretty weird things happen as a as a young child, which you know, and, and from speaking to people now, you know, who've, who've read my book or, or follow me on social media, you know, I think it's quite common that you know when when you're younger, very young, you know, I, I suspect a lot of people do have inexplicable and unusual experiences and it kind of I don't know it, it kind of took me back to that and it, it, it really piqued my interest in 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 esoteric and uh, occult literature you know which I, I chanced upon as an adult right. and that chimed with me and you know I, I I read as 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 deep and as broad as I could you know again as a as a, a full-time you know uh, with, with a full-time job and family and it really really chimed strongly with that and yeah just you know i thought i gotta try that no matter what that's funny that you say that i've i've heard that a lot too i think you've hit the the nail uh on on the head there that a lot of people have experiences that are that are young that open you up to um wanting to go deeper let's say into these experiences because you want to know what happened what was that all about or you know or I guess we're also people that are searchers, let's say, you know, we're, we're probably continually searching for more and more knowledge. I know I am. I'd, I'd imagine you are too. I know Jen is. And, um, yeah, yeah you, you're different. right. You know, as, as a kid, you know, like, you know, it was, it was still in the news that, you know, you know, we've been to the moon and, you know, and I know there's some conspiracies that kind of poo poo that, but I was like, right. Oh, you know what? I want to go to the moon. I want to be an astronaut. And obviously, you know, we can't all do that. But you're right. I think, you know, mankind is by nature uh, an explorer, an investigator, you're a risk taker. And I think, you know, I think 
psychedelics, uh, you know, psychonautical explorations. I, I think that's valid exploration. I think it's absolutely it's a valid science. It's uh, it's just a valid it's a valid opportunity for for individuals and humanity as a whole to explore something that's was poorly documented or, or, or unknown. You know what's cool and that anybody can do? You don't have to be a Magellan or a Ponce de Leon, you know, to, you know, to have, uh, like you said, this exploration uh, of anything. And I, I heard you make a comment on another interview. I, I think you said it was your, your father. You were having a discussion. Uh, you were very young and he said, look, son, you know, you can um, start racing out past uh, the moon and past the planets and stars faster and faster and as fast as you possibly can go, and you'll still never reach the edge of the universe. And right, I think you had said something like that, and that just blew you away. So exactly like that. And you know what? I mean, hearing that, you know, hearing that is kind of giving me goosebumps. But yeah, that's. That's exactly what he said. And, you know, I mean, I don't know, I'd lay in bed awake at night just thinking about that and trying to, like, uh, it sounds silly now, but trying to reach the edge of the universe and, like, what's there when I get to the edge? But I don't know, it just blows your mind when you consider that it has no end. It's crazy. No, it's weird. It makes you think of the old maps of, of where they'd show the edge and then, you know, you see a sea dragon you know, yeah. that, or something, you know, here lies the edge of the world and nothing can go past it. And that is interesting that because that we're starting to use this, or let's say Western man is starting to use this more, that the more that we use it, maybe we're going to find that that map doesn't have those uh, ent entities, I'm calling them entities already, but that dragon, you know, that we can't go any further, that we actually can, that the, the earth is round, you know, it's not flat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's interesting. But so go ahead, explain to uh, me, because I know that you've said, which is, which is amazing to me. Um, I've, I've had uh, nine experiences now, but I know that you've done at least 600 um, DMT experiences. Yeah. And and, and, and I'm not, and I'm, yeah, and, and I'm not going to sit here and, and lie and say each one of those was a breakthrough dose. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. You know, I kind of pitch pitch myself on a an approach of adherence to honesty and truthfulness. So no, you know, not every one of those was a breakthrough. There was some. There was sometimes I smoked it, not anticipating a breakthrough, and was totally taken aback by what I experienced. And there were other times I smoked, you know, a, a bloody good dose, and it's like. Shit, man, nothing, nothing, what's going on? Nothing's happened, you know? So it's, yeah. And, and Sorry, yeah, go on. No, 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 you go ahead. I didn't say anything, go ahead. Yeah, and like, at that time, I've, I've, like, done all my online research on DMT Nexus and on the internet, reading other people's experiences. And then, then when I, I started, and you know, I'd had about 50 experiences, and then, I don't know. Then I said, right, I'm going to start documenting these. And, uh, yeah, it was like, you start documenting them. And it's like, I, I wasn't online then. I wasn't on social media. So I had no idea what other people were doing. So it was very much wrapped up in my own little bubble with my full-time job and my family. And it was like, I don't know. It was right. just, it's right. like just me and DMT. And, and, you know, it's like, let's see where this goes. And it was like, so absolutely cracking three years and you know it wasn't it wasn't easy because you know dmt it's like um it's like i don't know you it's, i had to force myself to to smoke that yeah. stuff, you know like yeah. your, your ego is shouting at you don't do it don't do don't it do it don't, <laughs> don't you smoke that stuff and like do you it. can't stop it you, you but you've got to like ignore it and it's it's such a weird you know and no. i didn't know at the time but it's like by doing that week after week month after month that that changes you as a person you know it does it it humbles you it, it changes you at a very fundamental level i guess i didn't appreciate it fully at the time <laughs> that's so true <laughs> it certainly does let's you know let's make sure let's do this too that um and explain to people the differences because you've got the different ethnogens out there of uh you know psilocybin there's mushrooms and then you have 
LSD, um, and then of course you have DMT, and then you have 5-MeO-DMT. And were all of your experiences just with DMT, or have you had any with with 5-MeO-DMT, or were they 5-MeO-DMT? No, no experiences with 5-MeO-DMT as yet. I'm pleased to say that that, that, uh, a a good friend from overseas has gifted me a a little packet, and it will form part of my ongoing investigations uh, later this year. But as yet, no, I've not tried it. And, you know, all my NNDMT, which I extracted myself, it was all from uh, Mimosa Hostilis root back. I've never... I've never had access or never, never come across a Casey root back. So I don't, I don't know if that's qualitatively different to DMT extracted from MHRB. I can't wait to hear after you've done that, just what you feel, you know, the differences are between, between the two. Yeah. I, I, I should say I've got, um, I've got my first ayahuasca ceremony coming up in uh, like three weeks away. You know, it's like I've got my pre-retreat interview tomorrow over the telephone so uh yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to that i'm very excited by that well and i think that's going to be as, as close that'll get you prepared for doing i don't know which one you'll do first but you know from what i understand the ayahuasca is as close to the five meo dmt if i've got yeah. that correctly um it's just obviously a much much longer yes you know experience <laughs> um so, yeah that'll be That'll be pretty cool. She's jealous. I know Jennifer. You've been wanting to do that for quite a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a place in the states, um, you know, that you're legally able to do it. But are you going down to South Africa or South America or Central America? No, I, I would love to be able to head out there, but at the moment, that is with family commitments work commitments and you know financial capacities that's just not possible so this is uh i think it's a group of people that i, I think they, they travel i don't know if they travel the globe or um but they're, they're in the uk and they're doing a few retreats and i mean obviously they don't advertise it it's word of mouth but i've got a, a good friend in america who's who's been to one of those i think in the states and and now they're coming over here so he's, he's going to fly over and uh i'm going with him and another friend so Yes, yeah, it's, it's in the UK. Now, what? Yeah, what motivated you going from six hundred trips in three years to trying ayahuasca? Well, so I, after writing the book and realizing that you know nothing was going to happen until I actively marketed it, so I, I I got online. So it's like the last since publishing the book, it's like my my research has kind of it's tailed off. So I do still smoke DMT, and I've started investigating some other psychs too. But a lot of my time is involved in preparing my second book, marketing my first book. And, you know, by interacting with other people on social media and realizing what they're doing and what other things are out there, I thought, you know what, it'd be just absolutely terrific to contrast an ayahuasca experience with, like, smoking freebase. So, you know, I, I think I'm going into it with the right intentions. I'm, I'm Right now, I'm really excited by it, you know, but when that brew touches my lips, there's going to be some trepidation, I know. <laughs> well, when you're finished with that, we'd love to have you back on, you know, for another podcast. And, Thank you. And, you know, hear, hear about your experiences. Um, it's, it's very exciting. I'm looking forward to my own experiences, so I'd love to hear yours. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Now's a good time too to add. I want to make sure that everybody that's listening understands that this isn't for everybody. And, you know, you do have to be ready, like with, with LSD, which is definitely a much less potent thing to do. There's things called set and setting. And, you know, you, especially for the first time, you want to be doing this with people that you know and that you're comfortable with and so on and so forth. And we're not advocating the use uh, either. You know, every country and every place has different laws. You've got to make sure that you understand that as an individual for what you're what you're doing. Okay, you're, you know, you're doing this of your your own accord. But especially with um, DMT, is that first off, you have to be of of sound mind 
and body. That's for sure. It's not something you want to give or be doing with somebody that that has psychological issues. You know, like let's say somebody that's schizophrenic, whatever. Um, it could have adverse reactions for for that particular person. But then again, there's a lot of research being done with the medical sides that are positive for things like post-traumatic stress disorder or depression and things of that of that nature. So, but I think that's the problem is that we've got to move in that direction that we kind of lost that. I tell everybody back in back in the 60s, you know, Timothy Leary, you know, God God bless him, great guy, intelligent guy, but he went overboard um, with the LSD and really made it into a recreational drug. And I think that's why the government so quickly went after it um, when we probably may have been able to segue into a more um, medical approach to what was going on as far as studying it, um, the different types of um, psychedelic drugs that are that are out there so it's, it's a shame that that happened but it did but now it seems like we're coming around full circle and i think with books like yours dick and and what a lot of other people are doing out there to kind of bring it back out into the open talk about their experiences as well bring it out of the shadows that hopefully you know um again that research will start to occur because it really does need a lot more research yeah, well, well, well said, Drew. I mean, one of the things I hoped to do by writing a book was encourage other people to follow suit. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not here saying I've got the the whole truth. Far from that, I don't believe I've I've scratched the surface of it. I, I, I think I've made some headway, but I really hope that it would encourage other people to say, you know what, I'm going to do the same. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set my stall out, and I'm gonna. I'm going to research and I'm going to write and I'm going to share my findings because it's only through, I think, open and honest investigation, you know, uh, being open and honest with yourself and, yeah. you know, writing that down, publishing or, or through whatever medium, you know, but but, but talking, sharing and, and yeah, I, yeah, I'm hesitant to say because what you just said, Drew, is absolutely true. This is, it's not for everybody and that's not to say that, you know, it's, it's not to say, it's for special people. It's nothing like that. It's just some people just don't like to change their psyche or, or have that feeling of, I don't know, losing control or, or just, just a typical psychedelic experience. Some people are just averse to that. You know, I've tried to broach it with a couple of work colleagues without saying what I'm doing, just you know, like general conversation about drugs and then get on psychedelics. And I just tell straight away it's, it's, it's very far from for them. It's not for them. Yeah, uh, what are... Uh, yeah, okay. I, I used to find myself saying that. Sorry, Jen, I'll let you say it real quick, because I used to find myself telling people, you've got to try this. If you're going to do one thing before you die, you need to try DMT. And now I'm finding myself mm -hmm. saying, no, that's not necessarily yeah. what I should be telling people. They've got to come to this on their own. Kind of like your experience, Jen, with, with me, like out of the blue, bringing up the discussion. Yeah, mine was a late in life. Um, you know, I'm a late in life psychonaut, and um, there are so many other avenues I wish to pursue. Um, and I was fortunate, you know, to have someone who knew what they were doing to help me, um, you know, explore. And Dick, I, I wasn't sure. <laughs> but anyway, um, Dick, I have a question for you. What are a few um, suggestions you have for someone, you know, who's done their research, they've had it in the back of mind, they want perhaps want to try DMT, um, some suggestions you may offer them? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's beneficial to, to do some research beforehand, you know, know, know what you're getting into. You know, Drew mentioned the importance of set and setting. You know, that, that is, is so true. And I think, you know, treat it with caution. I mean, some, some people say to me, you know, what, what should I do? Should I just try a little bit or should I, like, try loads? And I really can't answer that question. But I do know from talking to people, 
some people just prefer jumping at the deep end and some people prefer to to wade in and, and, and progress and progress and progress and that's that was my approach so i think i i would say to begin with with curiosity because that's what i did i i had to begin with i had no nerves just be curious be respectful don't have any preconceived ideas and know that you're going to come out of that experience. You know, with DMT smoked, it, it's, it is a very quick experience, all told. I mean, when you're there, you may not have any sense of time, but you are going to come out of that and you're going to have one hell of a story to tell, you know. So, yeah, curiosity. And, and, and you're going to be okay, you know. Yeah. You're going to be okay. I, I won't get into my experience, but this is another thing just because it's on, along the same subject is that also know what it is that you're doing. You know, d just don't pick this up off somebody off the street or somebody that you don't know very well or anything of, of that nature. Because I just recently had an experience where I think I did five MEO and it was an extremely high dose that has actually turned me off for the meantime. Um, yeah. well, you had a really big dose there, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was extremely uh, disturbing and, and scary for me, um, even though I know. But then again, you don't. That's what's so crazy is that we, we don't know what's going on. And is this going on just inside our mind? Or are, are there truly, are we working with uh, entities that are out there, whether they're alien beings or interdimensional beings, or some people call them demons, whatever whatever they may be. But that was very, very real to me that I was being pulled away by something very real and not to be trifled or toyed with. Um, but this isn't something just to do recreationally at all. It's, it's like you said, it's a spirit molecule. It's about your spirit. Well, and if you go in doing it recreationally, you'll, <laughs> the moment you're in, that that thought is just going to blow away. Um, the, you know, there's there, you know, there's nothing recreational about it. That may be the ego, whatever have you, but it definitely, you know, a second you're in there, you know, it's not recreational. Um, right, <laughs> and hold on, it's going to be a long, bumpy ride. Um, I wanted to bring up something about entities since you had mentioned them, Drew. Um, to my understanding, a majority of people who have explored DMT, um, they see Aztec or Mayan creatures. Um, and there are several other types of creatures as well. My first question is, did you experience it? And what what do you think the meaning is or why this happens? Is that to Drew, Jennifer? No, I'm sorry, to you, Dick. Okay, okay. You know that, yeah, it is fascinating. And, uh, you know, I, I know people who have experienced those themes and uh, individuals who consistently experience Egyptian themes. And I've got to say, I, I, I've not experienced any of that in, in my breakthrough doses. You know, I mean, sure, there's incredible otherworldly image revisions, activity. And I, I don't know. It, it's It's, you can kind of like say, okay, well, let's go down the rabbit hole with it and think, well, has that individual got some karmic connection to the Mayans, to Egypt from way back, you know, lifetimes past? But then you think, well, why am I not seeing that? And I don't know. It, it, it's really, really fascinating. I remember one guy on DMT Nexus, and he used to say every DMT trip he took was Egyptian-themed. And I was like, God, that's like all my experiences are, are so different. So I, I don't know. I... I I, I guess I'm forced to suspect it's something to do with some maybe karmic or historic connection, maybe a lifetime's past with... That's been my thought, Dick. I think you're you're going down the right road because, Jen, I think you did have one that was Egyptian, somewhat based, and Arabic. And for myself, it's been more of the Mayan and Aztec tropes. Um, but then... Um, what was I going to say? Um, I that my, The first time that I had taken it, I was really into fractals. I was studying a lot about fractals and just infinity and, and the different types of paradoxes you can have from infinity. Um, but, it, but this is what was going through my mind. And so that first experience that I had 
everything was like one massive fractal, which was so joyous to me. And it was like, wow, so this is real. Everything is based on fractals, which it probably you know wasn't, but that's what was on my mind. So I think that's what kind of led me towards that um, um, visual aspect. Because they say, you know, a lot of this obviously is coming from the pineal gland, which also um, is what regulates your dream state as well and and what you dream so there there may be a combination of the two of your mind trying to make sense of what's going on uh, and using visual concepts that you can understand combined with quote the entities or whatever is going on on the other side that's outside of you and is uh actually more real than what you're experiencing as far as just seeing an aztec glyph or Mayan glyph or writings or things of that nature. Maybe it's just to help you make sense of it. Or like you said, Dick, that maybe karmically or, or, uh, you know, that we're resurrected maybe from a time period that we did live. Um, you know, it could, could, could be, or I mean, you know, more, more mundanely, it could be the individual has just got a really active interest in, in that kind of, that history or, or main history or Egyptian history. I mean, from my experiences, I've kind of like formed an opinion that these entities are able to to read, analyze, access our psyche to, I don't know, to, to do to some depth. And I give, give you an example of um, a trip. I'd, I'd, I'd been out, I'd been doing something with my vocational work that involved me working for one day alongside many many police officers i mean hundreds so we were in this uh catering tent and they're like hundreds and hundreds of police officers and all getting the meal and blah 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 and then the next day i'm at home and i, I smoke dmt in my landing area and it's a breakthrough dose it's like all these like human-like entities they're all like dressed up as policemen and there's cars with like police livery and it's all so fast-paced and it was, it was totally <laughs> a police-themed breakthrough and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, damn. I was like, you know, these, 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 like these entities, man. They, they, they have a sense of humor. But equally, you know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I was forced to think, man. You know, uh, uh, some they've accessed some part of my psyche and kind of like shown that they're aware that I don't know what I was doing yesterday. I think I think they know your past, present, and future. I really do because you know, again, they're, they're, there's no time. You know, it flows in both directions and all of these different concepts. And I think these beings live outside of that because I've had experiences where the only way I can explain it was that um, it was very, very powerful to me. But I even had my my I had to open my eyes. It was so powerful. But I was felt like a rubber band. So the, the round rubber band or the Ouroboros of the snake eating its tail, right, of, of time. So, but this rubber band was stretched out. And so to the left was the past and to the right was the future. And, and let's say in the middle was the present. But I was speaking to myself from the past and from the future and then trying to make sense of it for my present self. Because I was telling myself, I had already done this, Drew. You have done this a million times already. And then the other side saying something to the effect that you're going to be doing this a million times again in into the future um, and that you're going to keep repeating this over and over again. And I think that this might have been because there was a lesson that I was they were trying to teach me or that I hadn't had uh, figured out yet is all that I could get from that, that there's something that they know that I've got to get through or over um, because I've been doing it forever you know like you said you could go and travel throughout time and try to get to the edge of the universe and never ever get there so who knows how many times you've been repeating these uh quote experiences so you say 600 it may not be 600 it's an infinite amount of times that, you, that you've done this if that makes sense <laughs> yeah it, does, it doesn't and what you experienced on that trip it, it could be a you know, a, a deeply occult lesson kind of trying to explain to you or show you that, you know, the the, the, the nature of, of humanity, the nature of our existence is countless incarnations, reincarnations, 
you know, over millions and millions of years as we slowly change from whatever we have been in the remote past to what we are now and whatever we're going to change to over millions of millions of years as we evolve, you know, into the future. Could be. Um, it's, it's just, it's, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of words. Um, <laughs> it doesn't ha happen that often. Um, but uh, yeah, and, you know, we talk about the, um, and, you know, Star Trek was <laughs> mentioned, one of their quotes in there was space, the final frontier. And, you know, the, space or the universe is mental. And I, I believe, yeah, the, um, the brain or the psyche, you know, is the final frontier that we're not going to really gather any knowledge from anything else until we have a better understanding, you know, of who we are um, as far as psychically. Jen and I have been discovering this thing lately, or I, I guess I kind of did because I've been going through a lot of, uh, let's say, physical changes and maladies, some good, some bad, just some very strange things, um, headaches, shaking, um, getting extremely dizzy as I get up and down. And then all of a sudden I just found, just came out of nowhere as things do with synchronicity, right? They just seem to come out of nowhere. But these video series of people, and I usually stay away from these things. I've got a very skeptical mind, um, even though I do get out, out to some really, really uh, crazy areas, but I still, I'm always very, very skeptical of what's going on around me and, and uh, my ideas and concepts. I, I definitely don't think there's any truth or non-truth. It just is what it is. I'm trying to get there. I don't think I'm ever going to figure it all out. None of us ever probably will. Um, but I guess, what was I trying to say? It's just that, that there were certain um, symptoms that both Drew and I have yeah, been yeah, feeling. Right. Right. I had, Going uh, yeah, yeah to and Dick. To a different dimension, to this fifth dimension. Um, Sorry, Jen, but that was Yeah, the, uh, um, I had listened to a podcast that you did, Dick, talking about the ringing in your ear and, yeah. uh, or in your ears. And, um, you know, that's something that I've been experiencing for at least nine months now, but after a DMT trip. And that really, um, you know, fascinated me what you were saying that, you know, you had started as a child. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, that that sound, I can I can hear it now. And, you know, I mean, as you say, I, I've spoke about it on other interviews. And it, it was such a significant part of my childhood, you know, high-pitched ringing, and especially when I was alone in bed at night. And, you know, it, it seemed to result in some really bizarre experiences where, you know, I would feel incredibly small, like like tiny, tiny, tiny within the bedroom. The bedroom would feel vast, you know, and then, then it would change and I would feel like really, 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 really big, you know, I mean, way bigger than the house. And I, I don't know, I, I guess it was... I guess it's to do with the, I don't know, the the activity, the action of, of, of the pineal gland. I, I, I don't know. I couldn't understand why people weren't talking about that, why my parents weren't talking about it, why it was never mentioned at school. Nobody ever spoke about it, but it was such a big part of my early childhood, and it's always been with me. And, yeah, I mean, first time I smoked DMT, and it's just a few milligrams, and that sound amplified hugely. And, you know, I mean... I was already intrigued by DMT, but the first time I smoked it and it, it, it impacted that sound so significantly, I was like, wow, because it had been such a, a big part of my childhood. And it's, I don't know, it's unusual because in the East, you know, what we call tinnitus in the West, and I do recognize that tinnitus can be born of um, work-related hearing disorders. But, you know, in, in the East, considered um, it's considered something else, you know, it's like it's like a a spiritual aspect and for me it's it's like um evidence of the interface between the spiritual aspect of mankind and the physical aspect of mankind you know that i don't know it's it's interesting you know it's uh it seems some people don't hear it I've, I've asked a couple of people at work and they're like they just look at you blankly but obviously you've smoked dmt gym and you found now that you've got that that sound in your head is it persistent um yeah it's all the time um, 
The interesting thing that I found while on DMT, it almost sounded like that um, the Buddhist chants, you know, very, very, um, very monotone, but very deep and, you know, at a, like a higher vibration. Um, but since then, yeah, I, 24-7, I hear, I hear those... Um, the the ringing and sometimes it's no not necessarily whistling it's hard to explain i mean and so, sometimes it's on other frequencies so like a it's, whistling most of the time it's on it's a very um you know it's it's linear the sound doesn't go up or down um and and then sometimes i'll hear it heighten yeah I think you may be picking up on a higher frequency and you too dick when you were when you were a kid because i i think that it's not that any of us are special per se you know but but we're just different we're just wired a little bit differently than most people that you know we're kind of it with trapped within quote we call this prison planet let's let's call it of our everyday lives and of living and having to work and make money and pay bills and you don't have time to really explore a lot of this, which that's why I give you so much kudos for being able to do this and have a family, but be able to fit all of this in is, is amazing to me. But that again, if, you know, more and more people could have this experience, the right, the right people like we were talking about before that are ready for it, hmm. but the world would certainly be a, a different place. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, when, when I, when I first, started smoking dmt it's like every experience there was no experience that gave me cause not to go back you know i mean i've like laughed like laughter like i just didn't think was possible i mean pure ecstatic you know tears streaming down your face and i mean to be laughing like that as an adult i mean i, I used to laugh as a child and i mean really laugh but i don't know man with with, with DMT, I've, and, and you know that kind of laughter that true ecstatic laughter you know it, it's it's medicinal the childhood laughter that you just spoke of that's just so pure and innocent it, but and, it's absolutely uh, it's absolutely medicinal i mean that just changes you at a fundamental level you know just to have that and to see things which you you can't describe and you can't relate to, you can't you can't even relate to yourself so how are you gonna tell other people but you know, that, that changes you to be in a, an environment that looks more real than real life, where there are these know, like human-like entities showing you things that are just impossible to understand. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's, it's like I, I, don't really, I don't really get into, in my writing, I don't really get into God much, and I, I, I don't really get into religion too much. But, you know, I, I, I guess I was brought up in a sort of, I don't know. I say a semi-Christian household. My mum was religious and my dad not so much so. But like, you know, what is it in the Bible? It says, you know, unless you become like little children, you shall not see the kingdom of heaven. And I don't know, man. With, with, with DMT, I just feel like, I feel like childlike again. And I feel like the experience is like, it's like a playtime that is just beyond your imagination. I mean, what's wrong with that? Like you say, Drew, for those who, who want to experience that and, and experience the spiritual what's wrong with that nothing yeah that's i'm more powered to you and that's what i mean yeah if that person's ready that's what they want and especially if they're not to religion the, the the dogma they 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 don't appreciate the dogma that uh, comes along with religion that this could be a, a much better route to let's just call it spirituality of discovering um what or who is out there because i to myself i'm not either i'm not religious and, and really in, in any way um though i do believe though and a lot of it has been after these experiences that there is something out there that is bigger and than all of us um though we put that word bigger but you know again smaller bigger there there is no like you said there is no large big small <laughs> it's it's uh, an interesting feeling. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm a short male. And when I was very, very young, I had a, had a thought in my mind. It was very similar to yours. I was in bed and I was sitting there thinking about the vastness of the universe and just how there was no such thing as, as being large or small. Um, so why would this be something that I would even be concerned about? 
being a shorter male. And from that moment on for the rest of my life, it never even occurred to me. And it, and what's weirder is it never really even occurred to other people. I was never like teased as a kid. Um, at least not much. <laughs> you always get a little bit of riveting. Everybody always does for different things, but, but I was okay with it. And, uh, with just the minimal amount, but I think it was brought on by that experience and, and knowing again, and there's no center mm. in the universe, you know, that if there is a center, we are at the center, you know, there, um, yeah, I, I could go on forever about stuff like that, so we won't. But, um, <laughs> no, but you know, it's like, like, like some, sometimes it's like, it can be, I don't know, it can be any time during the day, day or night at work, not at work, at home, not home. And you, you, and I'm sure you can both relate, but you get that, it's like words don't do it justice, but you get that feeling of utter mystery, that utter, it's like, it's like out of nowhere, why, right? how is this Ooh. even possible? Yeah. I mean, when I say how, I mean like my existence <laughs> on this planet, in this solar system, in this galaxy, yeah. in this infinite, how the hell did this come to work? I mean, it just, and you have like, maybe like a half a minute, a minute, and it just, the madness of, the impossibility of it, it just piques your psyche so much. It does. It makes yeah. you either want to jump in and watch something, or then it just <laughs> yeah. kind of fades away. But I love the way you just described that, yeah. because yeah. I I don't think it happens that way to, to everybody. That, it, you know, everybody does have that thought. Yeah. You know, as kids, we lay around or we smoke a joint and we start thinking of the universe and we think we're the only people that have ever had that thought. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, ever yeah. how incredible True. it is that we all have. Yeah. But your what you're talking about is something completely different because as as we get older, just like you said, just out of nowhere, boom, you get this overwhelming sense of oneness with the universe and just the vastness or not or whatever it, it is. Cause I I even have some weird theories on that, on, on distance theories of there really being no distance to anywhere, um, you know, which explains, you know, Einstein's, um, you know, with the spooky action at, at a distance and, and uh, you know, the entanglement. Um, and they try to explain that away, you know, and it can't be explained away. How do you explain that away? You can't. So, I don't know. You know, it, it, it reminds me of taking me back to like, you know, when I was 18, 19 with a, a group of friends and we were like taking, you know, acid, you know, on weekends. And you're like, you know, you're so enthused by it. You're so taken by the, the, the experience. You're like, you're all saying to each other, why isn't everybody up experiencing this? And you just can't understand why. And I don't know. I mean, like 20 odd years later, I, I guess I'm the same with DMT, you know, to some extent it's like man, there's people out there would really benefit from experiencing this. You know, why Why is it not more, I don't know, more more widespread, more well-known? It's fear. It's fear because they've built so much fear into people that no matter what it is, whether it's drugs or it's terrorism or it's, it doesn't matter what it is. The, the government and, and people that are, quote, in control, they, the big they, have just put so much fear fear in, into people that it keeps us away. Well, and you like look this. at it where DMT or a lot of the other psychedelics force you to confront parts of yourself. And when, when you think of a lot of the bad things, um, you know, that are happening, a lot of it's coming from, you know, people who aren't very comfortable with themselves or have past abuses or whatever have you. So you're you're forced to confront these things in yourself. And just think if all of us could do it, if all of us could resolve some of those abusive or mental issues or addictions, how much better the world would be. Well said. Yeah, well said. I yeah, I think it's valid. I was on um I was on the YouTube um, channel a, a week or so ago, and uh, there's a couple of guys talking about DMT, but not, not in a – I think it was a follow-on from the is it the Joe Rogan and the – what's the the, uh, the American firebrand called? Is it Alex Jones? And he, he, he'd said something on Joe Rogan about DMT and, you know, about, I don't know, some conspiracy. And I was reading the comments on this website, and, and there were hundreds, and every one of them – 
negative about DMT and I was like scrolling through and not one positive and like people say, yeah, these, these entities are demons, you know, stay away from these demons and this. And, and I was like, oh, my God. It's like, you know, for, for one, if they are demons, then demons according to what? To, to, to the Abrahamic religions who've kind of taken something that meant something very different to the ancients and they've kind of made it monstrous and, and scary. And I, I don't buy that DMT entities are anything like that. They may be they may be demons, but in a very different interpretation to what the Abrahamic faiths of, of have us believe they are. It's right. It's right in the name of your of your book of the occult mind and and the dogma of, of religion or different uh, cults out there that have wanted to control mankind for you know for aeons and that's how it's been done. Um, whether it's been through economic slavery or whatever, you know that's been there's just been control. That's what I'm getting at, which leads to that fear, which again leads to not allowing people to even have the concept or idea to try these things they're 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 so far away from it that uh, like a soccer mom you know they're not even in the, in the same universe of of contemplating doing anything like that because it's been a slow drip over hundreds if not thousands of years to stay away from these things right that they are demons there's demons out there that are gonna uh, harm you and hurt you and <laughs> I will yeah. say there are times yeah, when it does enough. feel that way. <laughs> I won't say that there isn't, but that doesn't mean that they, they are. Yeah, it's, it's you know? not always a pleasant experience, but it's an experience nonetheless. And I think each one that I've had has been a learning experience. Yeah, and and I think it's you know it's it's, it's common for people to say, and I think it's valid for people to say that it's through the the dark or the more challenging experiences that you learn more about the experience and you learn more about yourself. And I think that's absolutely true. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had a couple of encounters where the entity is started off nice enough, but then the entity has been invasive within me. It's invested a portion of itself invasively within me. And it's very slowly in my capacity to breathe. So very, very slowly my breathing is becoming labored. And, you know, you get this sense of panic welling up within you and, you think you're going to die. You know, I mean, panic in a human being, it's not nice at all. But it's its like just on the verge where you're about to, I mean, freak out horribly. The entity goes. It's just gone. And you're back to normal. And I mean, that that was a, that was terrifying. But, you know, yeah, you, you but, but I tell you what, I, indeed, indeed, it is. Yeah, because to, to go back after an experience like that, it does take some courage and commitment. But you know what? You go back. Yeah, well, you, you go back and the next experience is just fantastic. I mean, just incomparable as a plate, as a beautiful experience. You, you come out of it and you think, oh, man, it's like I got a reward for coming back. You know, it's I don't know. I don't know if it's like that, but I sense that there is this... Um, progressiveness to it almost like a, a very slow initiation of a time testing you know like see see what you're capable of i don't know um experiencing them yeah you open up one door which leads to another door which leads to another and just keeps testing you i think to see are you going to continue or stop at that, at that door I, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not but and there's an infinite amount of doors to open too you know because uh you know i mean some experiences in in the latter part of my research my three years if they had been amongst my first experiences i would have never gone back to dmt but you know it's like those experiences came later after i'd had experience and yeah you know it's like whoa they really well, I go back to that i think it, it finds you especially the first time that you're you've got to be ready and it finds you at the right time of, of your life. Of uh, even if you did have a, a negative experience the first time, it, it doesn't mean anything. It just means that it was a negative experience that uh, we needed to, to learn. Whatever it is that uh, they let's just call them they wanted us to learn from that, um, and then move on and hopefully knock back on the door. Because you also hear a lot of people they they go into the experience and whatever entities are speaking to, they say, well, bye-bye now. Um, you know, we know you're going to be back. 
So, you know, until then, you know, we'll see you in just a little bit. <laughs> I hear that a lot. I've never had that happen, but I hear that happen to a lot of people that they are told that. And that's, again, where I think that they know the, the, everything about you and the future and what you're going to do or not do. And um, and maybe there's a little bit of it that, that they don't even have control and we don't. Again, that little kill or hump that we need to get over to get to another plane of existence or yeah god knows i mean per personally speaking some of the experiences i had with i don't know there's, there's there's different classes of these spiritual entities but there seem to be one one common class and, and to me they seem to operate from a i don't know a, a position of divinity or semi-divinity I, I don't know they just seem like you say true you know this like they know all about you. They know where you've been. They know where you're headed. They, they kind of know your karmic balance and they will interact with you. I don't know. I mean, people talk about smoke DMT and there's this, this waiting room. And I don't know. That's not a phrase I've ever used. I, I've kind of thought or I've kind of sensed or from my experience, I've kind of taken the view. There's just a very brief period where they kind of analyze, it's analyzing you. It's working you out or it's reading your psyche. And then it will decide whether it's going to interact with you or not. And if it does, what kind of experience it's going to impose upon you. And, that, and that's been my interpretation of what people call the waiting room. I think you may be dead on. I think maybe that is what they're explaining. Because, right, I've never had quote, this waiting room experience, but I've had that feeling that, that you're experiencing right now, that something is probing me, like uh, uh, what it is that I'm going to be able to to handle. And again, like that that experience with the five MEO that I had and immediately just, there was no, there's no waiting room. There was nothing just immediate out of control. Um, you're, you're dead. You just died. You're, you're never coming back. Um, opening my eyes completely, uh, not being able to shut them because as I shut them, it was just black hands pulling me away. And there was just nothing more terrifying than that. It just, but I kept in the back of my mind telling, look, it's going to end. It's going to, it's going to end. But then the feeling comes back and no, it's not going to, it's not going to end. It's never, it's never going to end. But then I get these little flashes. This is weird. Cause I just remembered this. There would, there would be a flash and it would only be for, let's say a half a second where everything was normal just for a half a second. And then it was just full blown again just beyond anything I'd ever experienced on DMT before. It just completely falls to the wall craziness and um, having to just just bear down and just get through it in any way that I could. Um, my dog, I was telling Jennifer, and I'll tell you this just real quick, it was interesting to, I guess it must have been getting towards towards the end, and but it was still very powerful. But my dog came up to me and I felt all of these hands coming out of my dog and out of her mouth to me, but pulling me back, like bringing me back to reality instead of the black hands taking me away. And I think it's because it was a real living thing within this world that I was connecting back to. Does that make sense? Like I was connecting back to the physical world instead of this possible, you know, an NDE experience that I was, that I was going through. And that, thank God that that she was there. Um, and I guess it it shows you just the strength of creatures that are are sentient and and the power that they do have, and that they know that they love you and you love them, and um, can literally save your life. <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I felt with with five Mio, and again, you know, I, I've not yet tried it, but I've, I've kind of like got this theory that you know you smoke NDMT and. Uh, and it, it, it impacts your, your, your pineal gland, depending on the dose and how well you've smoked it, maybe your pineal element. It kind of sends out a, a signal, a frequency, very, very quickly that's of great interest to one of a number of class of unseen entities. And I've kind of got this theory with 5-MeO that it's a much higher frequency. This is just a theory, that you smoke 5-MeO and it's a, it's a real... Uh, frequency than what you can achieve from NNDMT and as a consequence of that 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 signal that goes out that being your psycho spiritual projection I don't know I guess it attracts a, 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 a more powerful class of entity if that makes sense one that will one that's different I think so yeah yeah no it does yeah. 
And I think that's why they call it the God molecule, because that was the feeling that when you say yeah. there's just something so much more powerful and there's a more of a darkness to it. But then I hear people that have, though, not that it's 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 dark, but it's beautiful. Like they get this almost orgasmic feeling over 5-MeO that's different than uh, DMT, which is so much more visual, right, of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was way past any of all that, that I was able to experience from that. So I, I remember you know, I'm going to have to go back eventually and just yeah. do it the right way. You know, I, I remember reading one account of somebody who'd smoked 5-MeO and, and they said, you know, the it was like visions of a, a, a battle from like a medieval time, you know, this, this bloody battle and they were like witnessing it take place. And it made me wonder that, you know, maybe... Maybe that entity, that powerful, powerful spiritual entity, you know, a natural product of a cold nature, maybe that, that, maybe these beings live a tremendous age, and maybe that entity actually witnessed that battle and was, I don't know, showing this, 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 this user of five near MEO what it's seen from memory. I, I don't know. I, it's just, it's interesting to, I don't know, think about these things and try and come, come up with some theories. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to be back. And I, I you know, if, if I if I get um if I get a breakthrough dose on the ayahuasca, if I break through, I mean, if if the entity engages with me, you know, I, I hope I can at least have some communication and, and just maybe like run my theories by the entity and say, "Have I got you right, or am I totally wrong?" You know, tell me. <laughs> Well, and there's a certain um, way you have to prepare yourself, which may, um, yeah. I, what I'm told that it could um, slow the effect or give you no effect. Um, and it's, you know, having like, um, a, like a vegetarian diet, well, with some meat protein that's bland, no sugars, no salts, no caffeine, um, you know, certain medications can... Um, cause the ayahuasca not to work so yeah and yeah, most places that um, you make the reservations they will have on their website a suggested diet and such and it's for a reason you know nobody wants to give up their morning coffee <laughs> but um you know a couple of weeks prior prepare you for um you know just a making such a difference in your life it's i believe it would be worth it yeah well and especially after all the experiences you've already had that that's why i'm going to be so interested to, to hear the difference just because uh you just have a much different perspective than 99.9 percent .9 of, of the people i'm sure yeah and you know that so, they've sent through the um the restrictions, the dietary restrictions that Jen's just outlined. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I want to get the best out of this experience. So I will follow those to the letter. You know, I, I really want to get the best out of this. Oh, yeah, we definitely look forward to hearing um, about it. And um, I'm curious, can you name the um, title of your book again? And where can we find your book? Yeah, it's um, DMT and My Occult Mind, Investigations of Occult Realities Using the Spirit Molecule. And it was self-published, so it's only available through Amazon unless people want to hit me up on social media and I can I can ship. But I've got to say, it's, it, it's a bigger book than I imagined. So if I'm shipping to the USA, it's, you know, the, the cost of shipping is the same as the, the cost of the book. But, you know, I, I do get requests and I do. I'm happy to oblige as, as best I can. I'm mainly active on Instagram because it's got such a really good psychedelic community over there. And I've met some, you know, made, made some really great friends. So Instagram is dmt.researcher 
and that's pretty much the same across my social media. You know, Facebook is. Addictive. We need to get into that, Jen. Yeah, we have yeah. the Instagram, but I, I've been really interested in doing. I've just never been much of a social media person to start with, and then of course we met on on Twitter. But yeah, I'm going to see try to get us more into the Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good, good, good a good community, psychedelic community across all platforms. And I never foresaw that when I joined social media. I thought, oh, yeah, nah, there's not going to. And it's just incredible. Such a, a, a vibrant psychedelic community across Facebook, Twitter, especially Instagram, I would say. Yes, if you do. Yeah, I guess if you find the, find the right ones, then, yeah, you can have yeah. a good experience. Do you have any plans on on uh, doing any any other books, or do you think that this is it? This, this is your opus. Well, no, I've got my second book, which is just to the right of me, and I'm I'm working on that. I mean, you know, I, I self publish, so I I and I want it to be perfect. So I go through it again and again and again to make sure it's as as perfect as it can be. So I hope to publish my second book sometime this year, and then once that's done, I'd like to start again researching but try some different things like 5-MeO, the ayahuasca. I'd like to try intramuscular. I was going to say that'll be perfect yeah because yeah, then you will have done the ayahuasca. And I'd like to go like you know it's like I'd like to go deeper and further you know and I, I say that like confidently now but at the time it'll come down to how much, how much courage I've got left in the tank. <laughs> we don't, we don't yeah let's how see I mean you know it's here and what's going on. I think I mean, yeah. all of these entities know <laughs> how long we're going to be here. So you might as well, again, for the right person, right deal, you know, <laughs> that uh, we got to always put that disclaimer out there. We're not, you know, advocating or, but if you're going to do it, you know, do it the right way, get with people that you know, uh, that you're comfortable with and are also um, have experience in doing DMT and dear God, know what you have. So you don't have an experience like like I did, um, which could have been very very dangerous, and it was, and that was a big. Well, also, well, not I was going to say very inexpensive testing kits um, are available. But here's the problem. Here's the problem, though. They are, and they're phenomenal. But they only test for an indole. So you only know if you have something that's psychedelic. So whether it's LSD or it's psilocybin, they don't have any that are specific. You know the difference between you know DMT and 5-MeO, and they need that. I think they really need to work on that, and especially for those those two. I don't I don't think it's necessary for anything else because they're really not dangerous. But again, 5-MeO and DMT, regular DMT. What is it? Because it's NNDMT. I can't remember, but two totally different things. Um, and you got to know, you got to know what you're doing. So that's my, <laughs> well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Um, that is perfect. Cause we did, we just hit the, uh, the, about the hour mark. So I do. When, when are you going again? I'm sorry, Dick. When are you having this, um, experience? You said in a few, uh, it's, the, it's the the end of this month, so in another week, then I need to start observing my dietary restrictions. And um, yeah, it's um, a four day retreat, so uh, yeah, very very excited and very happy that I've got a couple of good friends, you know, um, that I'll be going with. Oh, good, even better, even better. All right, so we won't bother. We'll let you get prepared for that. But when you're done, um, remember reach out to us. Um, kind of kind of let us know what you know how it went uh -huh. and um, let plan on on meeting up again i i'd love if if any way possible to even be the first interview <laughs> i hate to be greedy but yes. that, 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 that would be nice we called shotguns it is as it is yeah I, I enjoyed it it was it's always great to to chat with like-minded souls about dmt psychedelics and hear different perspectives so thank you very much drew thank you jen too thank you Dick. no the all thanks is, is for you and for uh providing uh your knowledge and, and experience it's really been a pleasure and, and an honor to have you on dick oh, thank you very much thank you okay thanks for listening and hopefully you've added something to your knowledge base. Subscribe now and please give us a five-star rating. 
spread the love, and feel free to leave a kind written review about us. Your humble hosts gain knowledge after every episode. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pull Up A Pew Podcast, at Twitter at Pull Up A Pew Pod. Again, for Facebook and Instagram at Pull Up A Pew Podcast. That's P-U-L-L-U-P-A-P-E-W Podcast. Following us on Twitter, it's Twitter at Pull Up A Pew Pod. That's P-U-L-L-U-P-A-P-E-W Pod. Please also consider supporting us through Patreon with anything you feel you can afford at patreon.com slash pullupapew. We'll be doing shows supporting the Innocence Project, so please support us in this effort through Patreon. It's patreon.com slash pullupapew. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-U-L-L-U-P-A-P-E-W. So thanks for listening. And if you're a new podcaster and want to have the advantages we can offer you through our partnership with Asander Production and Worldwide Motion Pictures, then please email us at info at pullupapewpodcast.com. Thank <laughs> you.